Oh, Jesus, we thank you for Nick and Di. Lord, we thank you that you've brought them over safely from New Zealand. Lord, we thank you for all that they have to give, all they have to share. Lord, we thank you for what they have prepared this morning. Lord, we just pray that you would bless them as they share with us. Lord, we pray that you would help them to communicate clearly. Lord, we have heard, we pray that um, yeah, it would land on open ears and open hearts. And Lord, we just yeah, we bless them. We thank you for their time. And Lord, we thank you for your word and all that you do through them. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Well, I'm Di. You might remember us from 12 months ago when we were here, and we had a wonderful weekend here uh, in your fellowship, and um, with uh, some teaching around the Holy Spirit and stuff like that, and we had some really good evenings. We stayed with some really random places. They had random guests, but I understand they've got rid of those random guests, so that's good now. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to give a quick report on the... There they are. So these are the latest photos, uh, photo of our babies. So Caleb just graduated uni. So all three have graduated uni. There's Kwasana and Lydia on the right and Caleb in the middle. So that was just in May, which was a really happy time for our family. Um, some of you may remember last year that we had a little bit of tension in our family for some people. We were a little bit of estranged from them. And that was a really painful time. And we struggled to operate, um, so we came to this country to get away from it, but God was really a blessing. But when we got back, um, a few things happened, like one of them hit their head and <laughs> had concussion, so they had to come and live with us. And um, so I just feel like saying God is good. His heart is good for our families, and he wants uh, our family to be restored. And pretty much um, in the last 12 months, it has been restored really well. Um, right, so, so basically, I'm just going to hand over to Nick now, just sort of filling that bit in. So last year when we came along, we felt God wanted to talk about unity matters, and um, that seemed to be a really good thing at the time, and in the end we had wonderful sections of groups that we prayed for, and people were really responsive to it. And so in this uh, year, Nick wants, feels, well, we feel, <laughs> to talk on Jericho and the heart matters, and um, so... Um, Let's sit back and listen to that with our open hearts, I guess, and uh, I'll put, it, put you over to Nick. Thanks, dear. Just a few words before I start, if that's okay. The guy there, do you want to stand up just to embarrass you? So, that means two of us are standing up, so I'm embarrassed and you're embarrassed. So, so what's your name? D-Mark. How do you spell that? Dima, okay. Dima, the, you've got to keep on standing, Dima. <laughs> Only because it makes me feel good, okay? <laughs> uh, the word I had, Dima, is you're hearing, you've got your hair on here rather than here. Uh, and it's, you're the upside down man, okay? People look at you and they see tall, uh, and God sees soft. They look at you and they go strong, and God goes soft. And just that feeling that you've got a soft heart and in this next coming season, he's going to trust you. And it talks about David's heart and it says that God loved his heart. It was a heart after God's. 
And because of that, he could trust him. And Dean, I just felt like God wants to say, he trusts you, and in this next season, he's going to let you do things for him. Is that okay? Cool. You can sit down, Dima. <laughs> Unless you want to come up and help me. Uh, Liz. Do you want to stand up? Uh, I better get over here so I can look at you. Uh, so the word I had was zeal. And then God showed me a picture of Moses and his rod. And he said, she's like the rod. She's straight. But then the rod was used for lots of things. Okay? It was used to show the truth to Egypt in terms of the different plagues. It was chosen to be used to show the magicians, etc., that God was stronger. And it was chosen to part the waters. I just had that sense that you are that rod for this church. Okay? And you stand straight and you can part things and you can show truth okay and you'll part the waters and there'll be a way through this next season i'm just going to pray for Liz. is that okay lord i just want to lift her up and i just want to take any heaviness of that word off lord because it's about you so i want to pray lord at the right time she has the right words and the right actions and lord her confidence would be in you and I pray you draw her close and it be about her love for you, Lord, rather than what she has to do. In your mighty name, Lord. Thank you. Uh, Anya, who can't spell her name right? A-I-N-E. Is that right? Uh, like I looked at you when you came in and you had a sweatshirt on and then you had a purple coat on and then I went back there and praised God in the back and I saw you had another coat on your chair and God said you're like Joseph you're favored it's like multicolored coat and God says you're favored he thinks you're pretty special is that okay and I just it's like Joseph was obviously said that early and then went through all the bad stuff and then he became a ruler you're not going to go through the bad stuff God just wants to say to you, you are favoured. And his favour comes with a smile, and his favour comes with authority, and it comes with things that he wants you to do, just like we said over here. Is that okay? Uh, Noah. Um, this is around his name, so this is not very clever. Okay. Um, like if you've seen the movie Noah, everyone's trying to struggle to get into the ark and Noah has to close the door between good and bad. And I just saw you closing the door and it was shutting up the bad from coming in. Okay. And like you've got a pastor's heart inside of you, but you also have the ability to pray and shut the bad from coming in. Is that okay? Don't, don't start gallivanting around the world to F1 all the time and wish it was me. Um, I just felt at the back of there that God said the foundations are still strong. They're still strong. Okay? 
So I just want to encourage you with that. Um, I'm going to give you my summary of my talk. Because prophetic people tend to wander all over the place, and by the end of it you think, what was that about? So there's my summary, so you can read it. Uh, three months ago I went up into the middle of the North Island and there's a big lake, which is a crater lake, and I stayed there because I knew we were coming up here and spent five days by myself just praying to God. So this comes out of three months ago, just want to stress that. I have been here for three weeks and I have heard things, but this is three months old, okay? And I've tried not to do anything with the, the talk because I know actually what's happening now. Um, but there goes the summary. You know you're in a spiritual war. Keep your eye off each other and on Jesus. Jesus has absolutely once and for all defeated Satan. It is in his presence that we are transformed. The heart is where faith is grown. Keep it soft and then God can move. Now the word I had for you was Worcester is like Jericho. And I thought, well Jericho got smashed. So I went back to God and went, no, that cannot be true, Lord. And he went, well, it's not about that part, Nick. And so I thought, okay, I don't, I'm still not keen on this word, Lord, and I don't really want to give it. So I started, I started investigating the two. So the top photo is Jericho, the walled city. And the bottom photo is the plans of Worcester, the walled city. And if you rotate the walled city of Worcester around, they're almost the same shape. So then I got a little bit more confidence. Going, God, okay, this could be you, but I still don't want to give it. And so I did a bit of research. So Jericho is one of the oldest cities in the world. It's over 10,000 years old. If we go down to number one in Worcester, which I looked up on Google, February 2021, Worcester News. Not a lot of people may know this, but Worcester can lay a very decent claim to being the oldest inhabited settlement in the UK. Its history stretches back around 5,000 years. So again, I'm thinking, oh yeah, okay, still don't want to give it, Lord. It's a walled city, so is Worcester. It was well located, both of them were well located. So Worcester was located here because it's a good uh, route in terms of trade routes. And Jericho was a day's walk from Jerusalem and a day's walk from the Jordan River where Jesus was baptised. So right in the centre. Jericho was famous for its spring, which they used for irrigation and it became a thriving agricultural area. Worcester is a market town with the River Seven right there. It was the centre of a prophetic school. City Church, highly, highly prophetic people. That's who you are. So I started to get to the end of it and go, okay, Lord, this is probably right, but what do you want to say? And he took me to Joshua 5 and 6 and 2 Kings 2. So Joshua 5 is about 
Joshua approaching Jericho. He's getting close. And if you read there, it says, When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, Are you friend or foe? Or are you for me or against me? Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. There are no sides. There's just the Lord's. The Lord's way, not my way, not your way. It's just his. That's the only thing we have to follow. I felt God say this. God is a way for city church to walk through this that leaves the enemy's plans in ruins. Don and I were lucky that we went to another church on Wednesday, was it, Don? Who we are walking through something similar. And we expected to come across a bomb site. And instead, we came across a unified people. And as a prophetic person where there's unity, God moves. And I've never heard the voice of God like that in that church before, and I've been there a number of times. So it's amazing what we think up here, which isn't happening in the spiritual world. Okay? They were so united, so together, and the Spirit was moving. And then he pointed me towards this passage. Elijah is taken up to heaven. You can see a prophetic person is quite pictorial. I don't like notes or words, I just like pictures. Isn't that right? Yep. So you just see I've highlighted. So basically the story is that Elijah's about to be taken up into heaven. And he goes from Gilgal, you see up the top there in purple, to Bethel, to Jericho, and he crosses the Jordan and he goes up to heaven. At Gilgal, at Bethel, and at Jericho are three prophetic schools. So he's going from one and really saying goodbye. So he says goodbye at Gilgal. And he says to Elisha, stay, stay with them. These are your friends, stay with them. And Elisha says, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. And then they go to Bethel, the next prophetic school. And the same thing happens. And then the same thing happens at Jericho. But I just want to highlight those two things in red. Because they stood out to me. It was like reading the Bible and then, boom. And I thought, I don't like those things, Lord. I don't want to talk about those things. And it says, we'll go to the first one. The group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, did you know? that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today. Of course I know, Elijah answered, but be quiet about it. And then again, of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Now these are people that heard from God. And Elisha heard from God, and he knew Elijah was going up to heaven. But he told them to shut up. Effectively, didn't he? 
So why do we think he told them to shut up? Because they were gossiping? No. No. Because God had actually shown them something. But sometimes when we get a little bit of knowledge, it can be dangerous. And I can tell you as a prophetic person, I see things, I know things, but I can't share them. Because in sharing, I affect everyone else. And this is a time for leaders and the prophetic, which you are highly prophetic, to be careful with your words. And the reason I say that is Diane and I were part of a church, let's just say it went pear-shaped. Used to be seven, eight hundred people, and now it's 150. And that's 15 years ago, and the pain is only just starting to heal. And I tell you those things because you don't want that to happen. So be careful. If God tells you something, be careful who you tell it to. Is that okay? Not too heavy? Good. And then you get to 2 Kings 2, 19. And Elijah's gone up to heaven, and his cloak drops off, and Elisha picks up his cloak, and he lays it down at the Jordan River, and the Jordan River parts. And he walks across, and he goes to Jericho, and he meets these people. It says, one day the leaders of the town of Jericho visited Elisha. We have a problem, my lord. They told him, this town is located in pleasant surroundings, as you can see. But the water is bad, and the land is unproductive. Elisha said, bring me a new bowl with salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring that supplied the town with water and threw the salt into it. And he said, this is what the Lord says. I have purified this water. It will no longer cause death or infertility. And the water has remained pure ever since, just as Elisha said. If you look it up, it is still pure. But salt's formed in two ways. It's formed in the water where it's washed over, cleansed, and rock salt is about volcanic rock. So it's formed under fire. So purification and God's presence for the fire. And I look around here, and this is a place where the foundation's about the presence of God. The salt's here. The purification can happen because you've lived in it. And I said to God, what are you saying? Are you saying that the water's poisonous? Hence the reason I'm not keen on doing this sermon. And God went, no. And that was the lucky part. <laughs> I was like, phew. And he said this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And there's lots of hopes and there's lots of aspirations and dreams that everyone in here has had for this church. And they've sort of seen it almost get there. But no. And then next season, almost see it, and no. But God's going to purify them. Like, I've struggled in the last five or six years with my heart. 
and I felt like God's challenged me on the condition of my heart. So probably 2018, 19, God said to me, Nick, what's the story with your heart? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, you don't pray for as many people as you used to. And I thought back and thought, yeah, that's true. And then he said, look, you were talking to this person before, and you just wanted to get out. You had no empathy. And I thought to myself, yeah, that's true too, Lord. And so I started to pray, soften my heart, Lord. And the next five or six years was difficult. Not because God made it difficult, but because he knew it was coming. So he prepared my heart before it happened. And in that period, we had two of our best friends die. I had a cancer scare, family issues, financial issues. It was all turning a little bit to custard. So we prayed that. And then about six months ago, Diane gets a phone call from one of our friend's daughters. And she rings up and she says, this is to Diane, because that's the person that's kind, generous, not with a heart problem. And, and she says to Diane, look, my little baby has been rushed to hospital. Can you come up? Because I'm really anxious. And I wouldn't mind if you went to the supermarket and got me some tablets so I don't have any diarrhea issues. And Diane, of course, goes, yes, yes, no problems. But Diane's at the bottom of the South Island, and we live in the middle of the North Island. So what happens? I'll ring Nick. It was 10 o'clock at night, half asleep. And she says, Nick, can you get up there? Look, she'll meet you outside the hospital in the two-minute car park. You can just give it to her. It'll be all good. And I'm thinking, it's 10 o'clock. I'd rather be in bed. So my attitude stunk. Okay. So I went to the supermarket, and I got the tablets, and I went up to the hospital, parked in the two-minute car park. Behind me is a policeman. And she's not coming out. And I'm getting anxious and worried. And I'm, can you just come out? And then she comes out, and she's got her baby in her arms. And she hops in the passenger seat, and I'm all ready to go, Here's the tablets. And then she falls into my arms crying and crying. And I tell you, my heart broke, bang, immediately. And she started saying, the doctors say it's terminal. He's got no reflexes. And he's put on no weight for the last six to eight weeks. And he's only three months. And so I just say, look, she's not a Christian. We know her through her family, who are not Christians. And we just say, look, you know how our first child was born. She was born 16 weeks early. And you know we think that's a miracle. Can we pray? And it was like immediate, here's the baby. You can have him, just start praying. So I pray for him. I put my, arm, my, sorry, my hand on every single reflex I can think. And then we talk for an hour. The policeman's still there. So I'm in a two-minute car park for an hour. And we just talk about God. And she's asking questions and questions. And then she picks up the baby back into the hospital. And I go home. And I wake up in the morning, and there's a phone call from her very early. 
And she says, Nick, I've never felt peace like that before in my life. Can you go and spend time with my husband? So I ring up the husband and I take him out for breakfast. And we talk for an hour and a half about God. And those meetings with him are every two or three weeks. He's not a Christian, but he teaches me about the Bible app. Because I'm not that good on my phone. So he's now teaching me how to read the Bible on the Bible app. So that's Saturday. Sunday I go to church. And you know with these things we always turn them off in church, don't we? Unfortunately I turned it off. And then I got to the car and I missed the call from him. And so I rang him back and I said, look, what's the story? And he went, the doctors were walking by Harrison's little baby and they saw him holding his head up on his own. And they came over and they said, what, what's he holding his head up on his own? He can't do that. Nurse, can you go get a reflex tester? And they tested all his reflexes and they all worked. Not 100%, but they all worked. And they weighed him and he put on enough weight for the last six to eight weeks. I'll show you a picture of him. So that's the baby that was supposed to die. And you can see he's full of life. And we notice they're still on a journey to God, but when we go there, it used to be a place of turmoil in their house. Wasn't it, Di? It's just busy, 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 and stress. And now you walk in, and it's peaceful. And the, the father is praying for Harrison every day. And I just want to encourage us that if we keep our hearts soft, as it says there, above all else, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. It doesn't say above something or this thing or this thing. It says above all else. Guard your heart. I just challenge you to pray to God to soften your hearts in this season because you need to keep them soft. Because when you're going through difficult things like us losing two of our best mates, it's really easy just to get jaded with life. But God wants our hearts soft. And whenever Jesus healed, or just about every time in Scripture, it says, and his heart was moved. Oh, that was so easy. I didn't do that miracle. That was so easy. Because I had a stinking attitude. But God moved my heart. And when he moves your heart, it just comes out. And an hour talking of God was natural, easy, simple. It wasn't about out of here, it was out of here. I had this other word for you guys just as we finish up. There it is. Uh, you are currently in a spiritual battle. There is a war chest. It's a reserve waiting for a war. It's time for attack, not defence. You're a people of faith. 
feels like it has been put into a storeroom for you to go back and remember and put together a book of memories to rediscover your DNA. It is not time to try new things, but rather look for the old that has worked. And like David, when he'd conquered Jerusalem, I think it's Psalms 125, David's looking across Jerusalem, and he looks up at Mount Zion, and he goes, I've conquered Jerusalem, but where's the presence of God? Where is the Ark of the Covenant? And he brings it back, and he builds a tabernacle to bring it back. Then Ephesians 6, 18, so this is the end of the armor of God, which is all applicable in tough times. But the last bit, always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I just want to give you hope that this is a tough time. God loves tough times. He loves them. Just remember what he did to little Harrison. That was terminal. And now he's alive. And he's full of life. And his parents are on their way to Christ. Terminal means nothing to God. Hurt, he just soaks it up. He loves it. Those that go through the toughest times, he trusts more. So I just want to raise your hope. God has a way through this. It's planned. The enemy thinks he's got you. He's always a fool. Because God is greater. Can we pray? Lord, we love you. And I just want to honour these people as they love you. And as you look down and you smile upon them and you go, well done, good and faithful servants. And I pray that smile would come with the radiance of the presence of God. And the stillness of your spirit would touch all hearts, Lord. And I want to pray, Lord Jesus, that each arm would be linked together in this next season, Lord. I pray there's no sides in here, but there's people together on your side, Lord. I know I get it wrong, Lord, often, and you drag me back into line, Lord. But I pray for these people that unity would be the mark of who they are, Lord. City Church would be known as unity in the city, Lord. Smile on them, Lord. Give them hope. Breathe it in, Lord Jesus. And let them see what you're going to do in the next season. Let them dream rather than become despondent, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen.